Well, good morning and welcome to another OCC online gathering. If you're joining for the first time, give you a massive welcome and so glad that you're here. Um, and if this is your umpteenth time gathering with us on, online, uh, you're most, most welcome. So glad that you're here too. Um, this, this is not our ideal, is it? But this is what we, we have available to us. And, um, and I think one of the things that we, we mentioned last week in our service was to give thanks and rejoice in all things. Uh, not because of all things, but in all things. And, uh, and so today we're going to make the most of it and, um, and be thankful and rejoice that we have this amazing technology available to us to be able to connect uh, together. And so please use the, the chat uh, feature on, on the, the, the means that you're watching this and, uh, and post your comments, your likes, your uh, prayers, your encouragements, uh, one, to, one with another. And uh, let's really use this as a, as a forum for a gathering and community this morning and um, but before we move on any further I just want to uh, bring John in and uh, you know we're over the last few last week we've been praying for John and Cara and the family just uh, I know John wants to jump in this morning and just uh, say a few words before uh, we go into some uh, song worship this morning so John it's over to you. Thanks Ian um, great to be with everybody this morning We've missed uh, being online with you last week. Who, who knew that you would have missed uh, gathering online? Uh, but we have, and we've just missed just uh, knowing that we can be online at the same time as others in our church family. But we just want to thank you for your prayers, uh, assure you that we're doing okay. We're exhausted, uh, but we are doing okay. Um, uh, and so thank you for your support. Thank you for the messages. Thank you for praying. Uh, we, we, we appreciate it and we love you all. And we're really thankful um, that, that during this time, there's such an evidence of God's love because we're called to be his hands and feet, aren't we? And, uh, and, and his love is displayed so often through the, the fellowship and the support and the love and the, of the community we're a part of. And we felt that. So just really want to thank you uh, for all of that and encourage you um, in what God is doing in and through you during this season. Uh, and so thank you for all of the prayers and we're praying for you. Uh, and I want to encourage us this morning, as we were praying a minute ago, I just, I just found myself praying, look, if God isn't in this this morning, then really what's the point? Um, really, it's just to sing, singing some great songs with some great words. It's just kind of a, a, an exchange of information and data and uh, as we open God's word. But if, if the spirit of God is with us this morning, then something powerful can take place. Uh, and, and I believe he is. I believe when we gather, something significant happens uh, as we gather as God's people, whether that's online, physically. God isn't isn't restricted by that. And so I want to encourage you this morning and say his spirit is with us. He has promised to always be with us. No matter how we feel, God is consistent and his love is for you and his feelings towards you never change. And so I want to encourage you this morning as we gather, as we uh, allow this worship to wash over us, as we even maybe join in and sing this morning, as we open his word and, and we we engage with with God's word to us his spirit is with us and something powerful can happen in those moments so let me just pray and then I'll hand over to Becky who's just going to lead us in uh, our act of singing and worship this morning but Father God we thank you that you are with us thank you for your faithfulness thank you that uh, your face is towards us your goodness is over us Lord I just pray this morning that wherever we find ourselves Whatever emotion we bring this morning, Lord, we, we, we just ask by your spirit, you would just come and meet us where, you, where we're at and just pre be present with us this morning. As we as we worship you, as we gather around your word, as we reorientate all of what we've gone through this week, back around you, back towards you, back around your word. God, we thank you that you are there, that you are faithful that you are there waiting with us and for us. So we, we thank you for your presence and ask that you, you just minister to each one of us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Becky, will you lead us? That'd be great. Amen. Before we start, I just want to say how great it is to have John back with us today. And as I was praying this morning, I had 1 Peter 5 verse 10. And that is, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. So let's just pray that this morning, that he is with us here to protect us and let's glorify him today. Our 
free from sin forevermore. Oh, how sweet the sound! Oh, how grace abounds! We will praise the Lord, our rescuer. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shamed. There is good news for the one who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's our rescuer. He's our rescuer. We are free from sin forevermore. Oh, how sweet the sound. Oh, how grace abounds. We will praise the Lord, our rescuer. He is beauty for the blind man, riches for the poor. He is friendship for the one the world ignores. He is pasture for the weary, rest for those who strive. Oh, the good Lord is the way, the truth, the life. Yes, the good Lord is the way, the truth, the life. He's our rescuer. Our rescuer, we are free from sin forevermore. Oh, how sweet the sound! Oh, how grace abounds! We will praise the Lord, our rescuer. So come and be chainless, come and be fearless, come to the foot of Calvary. There is redemption for every affliction here at the foot of Calvary. So come and be chainless, come and be fearless, come to the foot of Calvary. There is redemption for every affliction here at the foot of Calvary. He's our rescuer. He's our rescuer. We are free from sin forevermore. Oh, how sweet the sound. Oh, how grace abounds. We will praise the Lord, our rescuer. He's our rescuer. He's our rescuer. We are free from sin forevermore. Oh, how sweet the sound. Oh, how grace abounds. We will praise the Lord. Our rescuer. Thank you, God.
striving cease, my comforter, my all in all. Here in the love of Christ I stand. There in the crown. I know that 
I will not boast in anything No gifts, no power, no wisdom But I will boast in Jesus Christ His death and resurrection Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer But this I know with all my heart His wounds have paid my ransom Jesus, we, we thank you that you have um, you've paid our ransom. You have made it possible uh, that we are able to step into relationship with you and life in you and hope in you because of your death and resurrection. Jesus, thank you that even in the midst of what's going on, we can know your power and your presence and your goodness at work in us and through us. And so, Lord, as we, um, we carry on uh, this morning in this service, as we dig into the scriptures in a, in a few moments' time, Lord, you speak into our hearts and we're thankful for um, we're thankful for musicians like Becky who are able to, to to lead us into in worship and adoration and with sensitivity and skill. So we thank you for what you're doing in us, even in these days. In Jesus name. Amen. Thanks, Becky. Thanks so much for just leading us sensitively uh, in worship there this morning. Um, just a couple of things I need to let you know about before John um, shares a little bit more about the 21 days of prayer and fasting, which begin uh, tomorrow. Just to say that if you're able to give into the, the ministry and life of the church, then as part of our act of worship, then there is a, a moment that's popping up on the chat there that you're able to uh, uh, to, to give into the life of the church. Now, we, we say this isn't just about keeping the, the machinery of church going. Actually, what we're able to do through your giving is 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 benefit people as part of our community and and beyond the community. And so your giving and and our giving together collectively um, is able for uh, to enable us to respond to what God is doing uh, and meet them. Yeah, like I say, just ministering to the lives of people and individuals in the in our community. Um, so if you can, that's great. Um, the other thing is just say there'll be a, a, a moment popping up just now for the kids um, uh, kids online church. So just uh, parents, um, carers, you, you can use that at any point, whether it's today or, or throughout the course of the week. Uh, there's some great resources there. Um, and just also to add in, you know, there's a, a an app on your on smart that's available on smartphones called YouVersion, and there's a whole stack of of daily devotions that you can use personally, but you can also use as a family. And we've been doing some of that with with Connect Group. So if you're not on that app and you'd like to be, um, jo- jump on and uh, and add one or two of us, and we can uh, we can do some community reading plans uh, once the 21 days of prayer and fasting have, have been complete. Um, before I hand over to John, though, we just want to play a very short video, which I think Phil is going to do right now. Thanks, Phil. Hey, hello, church. We are now well into our second week of 2021 and moving forward beyond the, the cusp of a new year. Yes, almost certainly into a time of increased turmoil, but thankfully also into a time of an increased divine opportunity for the gospel message. And I'm rapidly sensing beyond any inner trepidation an urgency and passion for OCC to step out into the the total rhythm of who God is calling us to be during these next 12 months. And I don't know, perhaps it's because I'm getting older, but at this time of year before looking forward, wisdom tells me that I also need first to look back with thanks 
for what God has already been doing amongst us, even in these difficult times. You know, I recall it was Corrie ten Boom, that amazing woman who suffered so badly in the Hitler death camps during the Holocaust. And yet she was still able to claim this. She said, today, I know that such memories, <clears throat> in other words, memories of the awful time of her past, are the key not to the past, but to the future. And she continued, I know that the experiences of our lives, when we let God use them, become the mysterious and perfect preparation for the work he will give us to do. In other words, the future work that he has ready for us. So as a long-standing member and elder at Oasis, several of my New Year memories these last few days, as I recalled valid landmarks from the past, eventually kind of morphed into a, a recognisable milestone for the present. And I really, I chose to ins inscribe that milestone with the words five years, which means that today what I'd like to do is formally mark the five fruitful years which Pastor John and the lovely, lovely wife, Cara, have now fulfilled with us at OCC. And that's so we might celebrate that leadership along with the discipleship we've each embarked on together with them during this time. Let me start, though, by giving you some reality. I recognise that Elim have had a church presence in Stratford now for probably around 40 years or more. However, at the beginning of the period when John and Cara first joined us, I need to tell you that our church membership comprised just nine people. And looking beyond that, I also bring this milestone to you, our church family, in that historically many of you as relative newcomers to Oasis wouldn't otherwise be able to recognise into a giving of thanks for the beginnings of a new work which God began to birth from that point on. A new work which also enables us to thank God for each one of you too, who are now part of OCC with us, into a work which we as leaders, we are still excited about through the opportunities which God continues to place before us, even now at the beginning of 2021. More opportunities to grow his kingdom here in Stratford-upon-Avon and beyond. So just like Samuel the prophet, do you remember uh, after God gave him the, the defeat of the Philistines that he chose to look back and remember the past by erecting an Ebenezer stone of recognition for the present. And in just the same way, I believe that we too need to give thanks today for the right up to now. A time which also gives us, way beyond Samuel's time, recognition of the fact that hitherto has the Lord also helped us. And with that hindsight, henceforth, we also can move forward in full God confidence and the bright expectancy of a year which he's already fully planned. He's already fully planned in Stratford and beyond for you and for me. So, might I be bold enough to ask uh, in this meeting for some raised hands of an Amen to that? Thank you, everyone. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, David, for uh, just bringing us into some sense of re reality and history of what God has been doing. And and I know John, um, you know, like like myself, really, not one for like big milestones, but we just wanted to recognise actually five years of leadership, and and 
this this is this is a really a sense of what God has been doing in you and through you and recognition of that and the way that your leadership has helped us as a community. For those of you who've been part of the community longer than I have, um, a real sense of leader, leadership towards Jesus and his mission. So we we thank you for, uh, for who you are in God. And I'm going to stop talking now. I'm back, hand over to you to talk uh, about the 21 Days of Prayer. Thank you, David. Thank you. Yeah, I had no idea that video had been done. So um, while the cat's away, the mice do play. So uh, thank you for that. That's, that's really uh, blessed me because um, it's been it's been a tough, tough few weeks it's, uh, as a family. You know what we've been going through and uh, having to isolate and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's, it's hard. And, and I know it is for each one of us. Um, but God it has been faithful this far. And that is evidence that he's going to be faithful into the future. So even when we have moments where we doubt in God's faithfulness, <clears throat> his track record proves who he is. Um, and so I have to come back to who he is and remind myself in those moments when I'm caught up thinking about who I think he might be or who I am uh, most of the time. I have to be reminded who he is. And so I want to encourage you, um, let's be a people that just keep encouraging each other as to who God is, because he is the same yesterday, today and forever. And, and I know I just want to uh, publicly say thank you to you as the church, uh, you know, to those nine members managed to lose a third of the church on that first January morning when we moved to a morning service, uh, not realising they're all part of a different church. So that was an encouraging morning. Uh, and we've been through uh, some amazing things, just seeing, you know, uh, all, all that God has been doing. But um, I know that we wouldn't be where we are now if those members hadn't have said, yeah, let's step out. Let's uh, let's trust this crazy newbie that doesn't have a clue what he's doing. Um, and and more important than that, trust God, because quite honestly, I'm still a newbie that hasn't got a clue what he's doing. And God makes us look very good, like we know what we're doing, um, because that's his faithfulness and he's building his church and we get busy about making disciples. Um, and that's what this church is about, about making disciples. And uh, that's what these next 21 days are significantly about. Uh, one of the main reasons that I am on this morning, um, feeling exhausted as we are, knowing I won't get through all of this so Ian's going to jump on and we'll do a bit of a tag team just to help me through but one of the reasons I want to be on is because this is such a significant Sunday every single year for us it's the Sunday where we launch our 21 days of prayer and we've done uh, a, a period of prayer for the last four years uh, we started with 40 days uh, and then since then we've been doing 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, and it, for me it's such a significant season as a church um, not necessarily because um, I, I, I sense God more. That doesn't always happen. Not because some scripture jumps out and it's thus says the Lord. That sometimes happens. But actually, it's just knowing that as a family, we are gathering together together to seek God's face. And for me, that that alone is the significance that we are reorientating our days that we're saying seeking God together is the priority and we're going to do that intentionally for the next 21 days. And there's something significant in that alone. Um, and so I want to encourage you over these next 21 days, starting from tomorrow, um, you can jump online. Uh, I'll try while I'm speaking, see if I can do this and post a moment uh, that should come up in the chat. But um, there may be a link somewhere. Who knows? Somebody, people more organised than me may be able to do that. But uh, occ-stratford.org.uk forward slash prayer. You can jump on there. And there is so many resources that we've built up over the years, uh, resources to help you pray. Um, maybe you don't even know what words to pray. Well, we've got a whole hope host of prayers on there from morning to evening, lunchtime prayers, coffee prayers, prayers that you can do when you go for your walk, prayers that you can uh, read out as you're reading God's words, prayers for us as a church, prayers for your family, so many different things. We've got all the archive of prayer sermons we've done uh, during these 21 days. Um, and, and there's also some resources for kids on there. Um, Ian said earlier on that uh, the kids are so important in our church. And I know this season has been one where I've been really challenged about what does it look like for me to parent my kids in faith? Uh, and it's been really hard because normally it's like, there you go, kids church, go and have some fun. Um, but when that stopped and the responsibilities on me to parent my kids in faith, um, certain little moments of having meals together are really significant where we pray and um, trying to talk about Jesus a little bit more with them intentionally and bedtimes uh, where we get to pray together. And those moments suddenly become really important. And there's a, a prayer guide on there that you can use with your kids and loads of other resources. Um, but we're this year we're, we're um, less than kind of giving you a whole devotional. There is a devotional and there's some um, prayer uh, thoughts around a, a guide that we've done that you can download on that website. Uh, and there's a day by day kind of reading and prayer. But without giving you hordes of a devotional, really what we want to do is, is get about praying. 
and uh, and we're, we're orientating these 21 days around a rhythm that our connect groups will know well um, having done it during Christmas but this rhythm of up in and out um, up is uh, our relationship with with God uh, in is the relationship we have with each other and out is the relationship we have with the world that are yet to know Jesus and so we're going to spend a week 21 days is three weeks for those that are unsure we're going to spend a week just praying into the up praying into our relationship with the father praying and, and, and seeking to discover God and, and who he is uh, and understand his love for us and his nature. We're going to spend a week just focusing on that. And then the second week is in, we're going to be praying for each other, um, praying that uh, that each one of us would be filled to the fullness of who God is, that, that we would be spurred on in our faith, praying for the needs that we know, uh, meeting those needs even, praying specifically for each other. And then the third week is the out, praying for those that don't yet know Jesus, praying for those friends and family that maybe in our own world, we think they are just so beyond the reach of God, but nothing is impossible for God. What is impossible for man is never impossible for God. And, and, and he can draw even the hardest of hearts and soften the hardest of hearts towards himself. And so we're going to spend that third week praying for those that don't yet know Jesus for our town uh, and for all the other things we know outside of our church. But I want to encourage you at the start of these 21 days, as we start tomorrow morning, we've got more opportunities for you to pray than ever before. Um, the, the joy of being restricted is that we have to think differently. And so there is going to be prayer opportunities on first thing on a Monday morning for you early risers. Uh, maybe you want to commit and just say, do you know what? I wouldn't normally do this, but for three weeks, I'm going to try. Join us at seven o'clock tomorrow morning on Zoom. We'll get all of the links out to you again uh, um, via connect groups and email and all that kind of stuff but we're going to come on together 15 minutes just uh, for a brief devotional and then take communion together just start our week as we mean to go on uh, seeking the presence of God so if you can be with us tomorrow morning seven o'clock uh, a.m that is not p.m a.m seven o'clock in the morning uh, and we're just going to come together and pray and for 15 minutes take communion and just set our week off on that orientation and then <clears throat> Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday our normal connect groups are running so Tuesday evening 7 30 Wednesday afternoon 1 30 and Wednesday evening uh, eight o'clock and Thursday evening at eight o'clock we've got an hour of prayer so you can join on whether you're part of those groups or not, um, please join in. Uh, maybe just just make that decision now and say, do you know, what? I'm going to intentionally do one thing. And maybe that's going to one prayer meeting once a week for the three weeks. Uh, and that's what you can commit to for those 21 days. How about we intentionally start to orientate our life around seeking God and see what he does, see, see what he says, see, see what happens when we deliberately seek to encounter him. Um, so as well as those corporate times, uh, if you're able to, I want to invite you just to intentionally seek God for yourself. Um, we've, we've put some new videos up on that prayer page of the uh, church website where you can just uh, take a moment each day. It may be that you can take one minute uh, and maybe pray the Lord's Prayer. There's a video that will guide you through that. Maybe midday every day, you just say, I'm going to set a reminder and, and, and pray that prayer. Um, there's so much of the up, the in and the out in that prayer. Um, but there's also some one minute and three minute and five minute pause videos that you can just use. And you might say, do you know what? Week one, let's just try one minute a day. Week two, maybe three minutes. Maybe you can up it, maybe not. And maybe that's all the time you've got. But I just think uh, the promise of James, isn't it? Is when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And this is an invitation for us for 21 days just to draw near to God, to seek him as a church. And we might be socially distanced. We might be having to isolate. We might not be able to be physically together. But we can come together in one spirit and we can come together with one heart and one mind to seek the face of God. And I just think that's a really significant opportunity that we've got together to do that up in and out. And I was reading something uh, this past week that just jumped out to me. And we're just for the next maybe 15 minutes before we draw things to a close, just gather around God's word. Uh, I know we need something inspired this morning. So let's open his word. And it's Matthew 14 that I was reading. And it's um, a well-known uh, story, and it's one that probably the majority of churches have been preaching, um, which usually means I'm stubborn and keep away from all the other passages that every other church wants to preach during a season. So I know it's God speaking when it's such an obvious passage about a storm uh, and, uh, and and what, what life is like in the storm. And I was just reading it and just, uh, just started to see the up, the in and the out in Jesus's life, but also uh, something of an invitation to us as a church. And Ian will read it in a moment, but there's this amazing storm, you'll know it, of the disciples getting caught in this storm. And 
Um, I want to encourage you this morning, just before we start reading, I want to encourage you and say that no one is immune to the storm. As we're going through this season, it can be tempted to think that everybody else is doing great and I'm really struggling. I'm the pastor and I've found it really tough. You know, especially last year during lockdown, there were moments, uh, prolonged moments during that time where I found it really, really tough. Um, and and I, I struggled to see Jesus in that storm. Uh, and we've been isolating as a family, you know, uh, told we've been positive for COVID and done everything we needed to do to not get it. And somehow we have and we don't know how we've got it. But I- even in this last 10 days of isolating, there's moments where your brain goes, where you think everybody else is is doing fine. I'm not. Everybody else is is riding this storm and feeling close to Jesus. And I'm not. And I'm a pastor. and I'm meant to be able to cope with this. And there's moments where you think everybody else thinks I should be something that I don't think I can. I want to tell you, nobody's immune to the storm. We can see in this moment that that Jesus goes through the storm. Okay, you could argue, well, if you know the story well, that Jesus kind of steps into the storm. Yeah, but there's there's been a storm a few chapters before in Matthew chapter eight, where Jesus is in that storm. He gets in the boat at the start when it's all calm. They go across the water and the storm hits them. Jesus is in the midst of that storm. Nobody is immune to the storm. And I want to encourage you and say that as a church, uh, we're, we're all going through it and there'll be moments where we feel that storm is really, really hard and really, really challenging. And the ones around us maybe aren't in that place. The storm is there. The storm is real and it's a struggle for each one of us. So I want to encourage you that, that even Jesus goes through the storms. But I want to encourage you that what we see in this story that Ian's going to read in a few moments is that the reality of the storm is that sometimes it can blind us to be able to see Jesus. The disciples are sat in that boat and they're like, is this a ghost? Jesus is, I'm, I'm not even sure this is, who is this before us? The reality of the storm is that it can blind us to see Jesus for who he is. So don't be surprised in the reality of the storm that we're going through, that we struggle to see Jesus, that we struggle. In these 21 days, we might say, God, I'm, I'm going to set aside this time and I know what God is. like. He's going to meet me and I'm, it's going to be like this. And this is the expectation. And Jesus, you're going to come and meet with me. I'm going to see you and we're going to get through. It's going to be phenomenal. And then the end of it, you're like, what was that all about? Got nothing from that. And that can be the temptation with the storm that we're like, we, we come into it and we're like, God, you're going to teach us some stuff. We're going to step out for you. It's going to be phenomenal. But actually we're, we're caught up in the storm. And we're like, where are you? Can't see you. Can't hear you. The waves are so loud. I don't even know what's going on. But church, before we dive into this story, I want to encourage you and say this. You might not be able to see Jesus, but he can see you. The parallel passage from this in Mark chapter six, I think it is. Uh, forgive me if it might be Mark four, but Mark six, maybe uh, he's looking Um, down at the disciples and it says he can see them straining at the oars the disciples struggle to see Jesus is this a ghost before us but Jesus never lose sight of you in the midst of this storm when you feel like Jesus could be nowhere to be seen and let me tell you as a pastor I've been there as a pastor, I shouldn't be. I know the expectation of all the churches that I'm the one that's spiritually strong all the time. But sometimes during this more recently than I care to even think, I've struggled to see Jesus. But I've had to hold on to the reality of the fact that Jesus sees me. He can see me. He sees me struggling at the oars of this storm and he's coming to me and he's with me in it. And so I just want to encourage you before we even look at the up in and out and unpack this story over these next 10 minutes. Those two things I just wanted to encourage you with. You're not immune to the storm. Every single one of us goes through it. And it's not necessarily your fault. Some people think the reason this storm happens is because perhaps there was an earthquake under the water of this sea. Nothing that the the disciples, it wasn't a lack of faith. It wasn't God punishing them. It wasn't anything that they, it's just the reality of the world that we live in. We live in a fallen world that has storms. Things happen to the good and the bad. And we can't explain it sometimes. Storms just happen. We're not immune to the storms. And sometimes in the midst of those storms, it can be really hard to keep going and to see Jesus. But I want to encourage you and say he sees you right now where you are, whether you are on a mountaintop or in a valley. He sees you and he is with you. So I want to encourage you as we start these 21 days, those two things more than anything. As, as we set aside time to seek God, you may not even feel him. You may not get a quiver in your liver. You may not get any sense of God's presence. Know the reality, the fact that he sees you and he is with you in the midst of this, because that's the promise of the savior we have who's over the storm. He's bigger than the storm that we go through. So Ian, I, I'm going to stop. Uh, I need some help. Uh, so do you want to just read this passage and then share any thoughts? And we're going to have a little conversation just to help me out this morning, because I'm not sure I'd get through a whole preach. Uh, so Ian, over to you. 
Yeah, no problem, John. Um, by the way, I thought you were doing quite you were doing very well there, mate. You think you could have carried on there for, for sure. Um, I I thought I wonder whether it'd be helpful just to read a couple of verses and then we can chat about that and then read on. John, is that, is that okay with you? Um, and then we'll we'll do this. So immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. Uh, should we just stop there? I mean, uh, this, uh, this uh, uh, for me, John, and I think in your reading really relates to that upward motion of connecting with, with God. Uh, one of the things that I noticed, though, is it, it, straight off the back uh, in Matthew's sort of chronology, he, 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 he places this straight after the feeding of the 5,000 and like a magnificent um, you know, ministry moment mm-hmm. where the temptation would be to allow ego. Well, wasn't that amazing? You know, look at the crowd and the stuff, but Jesus, Jesus retreats. I don't know. I, it, yeah. I just find that really fascinating. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah. For me, the, the very fact that um, God in human form um, needs these moments. Now we know God, uh, Jesus is fully human and fully God. Um, but I would I would look at Jesus and think just just the, the excuse of being fully God meant I can just crack on. I'm not fully God. And I use that excuse. Um, I'm I'm 100 percent human, zero percent God other than the spirit of God living within me. Um, but I'm not Jesus. And yet in those moments, he says, you know what, I'm I'm withdrawing and I'm going to intentionally seek the father. Uh, and for me, that that is a, a humbling reminder um, that the up relationship in our life. Um, and I don't know about you, but unless I'm intentional about it, it, it very easily slips away and disappears and isn't part of my life. There's been seasons of my life where it's been so busy. You know, you've seen God do some amazing things. And unless I intentionally I, I actually diary sometimes with God, which during lockdown has been really challenging. And especially during these last season for us having to isolate as a family, it just it throws it all up in the air. But actually deliberately taking moments and saying, I'm going to intentionally seek God um, and um it doesn't always look like I want it to. It's, you know, I like to be structured and have it, but, but whatever it is intentionally taking those times to cultivate our, our relationship with the father is so significant. And it's something we see so often in the life of Jesus. And if Jesus needed it, how much more yeah. certainly do I, and I'm going to probably guess, so do you Ian, need that in our life? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think one of the crucial things we see about Jesus throughout the gospels is the rhythm of his life. Mm. So it, like it, for, for Jesus to do the ministry that you know uh, that he had um, to fulfill the mission that God the, the Father had sent him to accomplish, he really needs to remain rooted and centered. And so, um, you know, th- this particular passage talks about being late at night, and uh, there's other passages that talk about being early in the morning. <laughs> and it's almost like actually the bookending of the day. You know, those those moments of rhythms that actually early in the morning. I know we could have a debate about that, but I'm kind of going, actually, if Jesus, if Jesus had early in the morning, maybe, maybe that's a good rhythm to have is actually like get the day um, in centered in, in prayer and worship and adoration. And, and then at the end of the day, whether it's hours and hours, like it seems to indicate that Jesus had here, or whether it's, it's five minutes or 10 minutes at the end of the day, just to, to recenter and think about what God has done. I think that helps us as disciples of Jesus to remain rooted and grounded in, in, in a life of prayer. And it's not like anything happens in between that. But those, I think those intentional acts of bookending the day help us to frame all that happens in between as an expression of worship and adoration of continual prayer uh, in, in, in walking with Jesus. I mean, what privilege we have to be able to call out to our creator and God at any moment um, and to orientate our life around that. What I I love, um, before lockdown, I I used to spend a day a month at a monastery and I love that prayer interrupts their day. Um, This bell would ring and whatever they were doing, they would stop and go to the chapel and pray. Um, and I've, I've kind of had moments of my life where I've tried that and um, orientating your life around, you know, uh, just this shift in my thinking was of like, we can have time with God and then I've got to get on and do stuff, but it's not going to be long until I'm with him again. Because, you know, what? We're, we were made for union with God. Mm. 
um, and and that is what can uh, shape us and and make us who we're called to be. And so I want to encourage the church and say, look, if you, if you can create those points in your day, then actually there's points where we can we we know, oh, man, and, and and we need to be careful. But that, that thinking of, do you know what? I've got like half an hour, and I'm and prayer is going to being with God is going to interrupt whatever it is I'm doing. You know that video of the Lord's prayer, whatever it is we use. Um, we, we can use those moments just to come back and be in union with God because that's what we were made for. And that's what these 21 days are about. Yeah, that's great. Shall we, uh, shall we move on in, yes. in the passage? So let me uh, read the next few verses then. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, uh, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Jesus came towards them walking on the sea very early in the morning. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost. Uh, they said, and they cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Uh, and began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said to him, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, truly, you are the son of God. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, it's, it's amazing, like a few verses, isn't it? And, and how many times do we, we read that and go, oh, Peter, man, you, you fluffed your lines, Peter. What's all that about? But then you've got to reflect how many of us would have actually got out of the boat? You know, and how many of us would have stayed in, in the relative safety of the boat? But Peter, he kind of steps out in the middle of the storm because he hears the voice of Jesus. Um, I know you've got some thoughts on this, John, but it's just, for me, it's just striking that Jesus Jesus had said, go, go on, you go on, get into the boat and you go to the other side. So it, it was from the commission of Jesus that they were in the in the boat in the first place and and so sometimes like we can maybe feel like we're trying to we're following Jesus we're obeying and all of a sudden the storm comes so have have I heard it wrong or has Jesus got it wrong has he abandoned me and the reality of it is that Jesus knows exactly what he's doing and it doesn't just because of the storm has come doesn't mean to say that we're in the wrong place yeah some thoughts yeah, do you know what? Just as you were reading it, um, I, I'm going to change anything I did think to just the fact that in verse 33, it says, then those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. This collective safe place uh, that the boat becomes in the midst of this storm. Um, and I love that it's Peter's willingness to step out, um, which is a huge act of faith. But he gets it wrong, doesn't he? Uh, and we see him start to sink. And I love the safety of that boat. Uh, and my prayer is, as we, we pray for each other um, during these 21 days, the in bit of the relationship is that we would be a place that is safe enough to get it wrong. Um, because even in that, um, the, the whole boat start to worship him. And we start to see something as we step out in faith and trust God. And even though we might fluff it, even though we get it wrong, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to lead a community and I get it wrong regularly. Um, But and in that, I put the pressure on myself. But actually in that God can work and Jesus is doing something to cause the whole boat to turn to him in worship. Uh, And so. Um, just this idea of the in relationship that we are for each other to such a degree that even when we get it wrong, we start to see what Jesus is doing and what he can do. And we worship him together because one of us is willing to step out, yeah. you know, go on, go for it. Let's spur one another on um, in that place. And I just I love that. Just it, it just as you were reading, it, just this little pocket of safety in the midst of this storm that caused the whole of that boat to worship Jesus. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing if we as a church could be like that in the midst of this storm, a little pocket of worship yeah. that it doesn't mean we're getting it all right all the time, but actually in who we are doing and what we are living for, we start to see Jesus work something phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the um, the, the thing that strikes me uh, from what you said and, and the passage is that this this narrative is, isn't about the storm and it isn't about Peter and it isn't about the disciples and it isn't about the boat. It's about Jesus. Yeah. 
and his authority and power and his, you know, his, his, uh, his, um, his call to be worshipped, actually. And so this, the, the other thing was that for the, for the, this was a community. So this inward relationship, it wasn't just about Peter and Jesus, you know, so it wasn't just like Peter's experience with Jesus that was the important thing, you know, that spurred his faith on. But when they got back into the boat, as you say, it was like this um, knock on effect is that they they also truly you are the son of God. Yeah, it was like a, so Peter's Peter's obedience to go and his failure and Jesus's ability to, to rescue him and bring him back, bring him back to the boat in safety was this. Wow. Because of Peter did that, the others worshipped. And it's like if we can be that kind of community that because because of the faith and obedience of us, even in the midst of fail, where we see God rescue and redeem and heal, that we go, wow, isn't Jesus amazing? Then I think we go a long way to becoming that discipling community, that people of faith that God has called us to be, because we see it not then just about me and Jesus, but actually it's about me, Jesus and us together. It's collectively um, a, a, a community venture with Jesus. Absolutely. Shall we, um, shall yep. we move on? Cool. Okay, so verse 34. When they had crossed over, they came to the shore of Gennesaret. When the men of that place recognised him, they alerted the whole vicinity and brought him to all, uh, brought to him all who were sick. They begged him that they might only touch the end of his robe and as many as touched it, were healed interesting love it yeah yeah so that again we're so like, i guess we go from this point of jesus being sent with the father commit sending the disciples on community up and and in and then we get into this point where there's a knock-on effect of who jesus is and what he's done that goes way beyond is it because this isn't this isn't in a Jewish region. This is this is in a, into a Gentile area, and so we're getting this picture now that this Jesus, this gospel, this life, is is not just for a few, but for the many. Uh, I, I find that really interesting here. Yeah, absolutely. Suddenly, the mission is seen, and it's bigger than anyone thought. And um, what I love in the out of this is that um, we we start to see there's life beyond the storm. In every account of Jesus in a storm, there's life beyond it. Uh, I just want to encourage the church and say there is life beyond this storm. Um, it may not look like it used to. Things start to shift beyond the storm. The mission got bigger. Things started to change. It, it went to the Gentile region. It started to look at, not like it was. Things won't go back to how they were, but the mission will continue. And, uh, and there's an invitation to see life beyond the storm. Uh, and for me, the fact that these people recognised him. These, there's some words that really jump out that these people, they recognised him. Um, I, I, I just uh, this, this, I haven't fully got that in my head at the moment, but there's something there about um, the people at the end of this, uh, at the storm that we've been through. They're calling for something that they can understand uh, of what they've been through. And we know that the only thing that will make sense of this is Jesus and his mission. Um, and, and so uh, are we going to live in such a way that people will start to recognize who Jesus is? Will we start to be a, uh, this type of people that that uh, that can people can look on and recognize Jesus? Um, I think there's something in that. Uh, and then I love that these men then went and told everybody in the region. Um, I just wonder what 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 are we talking about at the moment uh, in the storm? But when the storm finishes, what consumes what we talk about? Uh, are we talking about Jesus? I know for me that um, if I don't talk about Jesus very much, then I start to really, really struggle. Um, and I need to orientate my life around talking about Jesus. Uh, otherwise, stuff starts to not make sense and life starts to get really confusing. And I try and start living with him in my own strength. And I start to feel the weight and the pressure instead of the easy yoke. And I, I stop looking at him and learning from him and watching how he does it and learning his unforced rhythms of grace. Uh, and instead, I start to do it all on my own. Uh, and so the fact that they, they go off and they just start to talk about Jesus, I think something of life beyond the storm is going to be something about what what's the narrative that we're telling? Who, what are we talking Talking about to people are we going to start talking to people about Jesus and then what I love is that the the those that desperately need a touch from Jesus are brought to Jesus and get to touch the edge of his garment 
I think there's something of life beyond the storm that um, is going to be a, a release of the miraculous that we start to see a move of God in people's lives, that the sick are healed, that, that those that desperately need a touch from anything and something and they're reaching out and they don't know what they're reaching out for. We can be the ones that say, reach out for the hem of his garment because he can bring wholeness and healing. And I think there's something of, of when the life beyond the storm is going to be something about people recognizing Jesus for who he is, the church being consumed about talking about him and actually bringing people to him that desperately need a touch and him bringing wholeness and healing and a move of the miraculous in people's lives. Uh, so I'm getting passionate. But Ian, is there anything you want to add before we uh, just, I just just to say, I think this this whole to view what Jesus is doing with the disciples in light of what comes at the end of Matthew's gospel you know, go into all the world and preach the good news, teach them everything I've obeyed, making, making disciples, baptising in the name of the Father. So it's, that, that doesn't stand alone to the rest of Matthew's gospel, you know, so that wasn't like this, this little bit that he thought was a great idea to add on. It was like everything that Jesus was doing with his, his disciples was to prepare them for launching out into mission. And, and as he, the way he did that was to enable, help them to understand what it looked like to, to, to live life in relationship with the father to live life in relationship with one another and live life on mission for jesus and so if we take one of those elements out we end up with a, re a really a, i guess misplaced rhythm of life and actually the only way that life makes sense is when we live in the in the balance of those three things yeah. and on mission with jesus i think when we start talking about jesus more we create people hear different things rather than just talking about church and and what we, uh, activity we that's the, that's the easy and comfortable thing to do is talk about our activity but to actively seek the opportunities to talk about jesus and be on mission with jesus is to point people to him as the son of god the one who has all authority to calm storms and to heal the sick and if we don't get that i i think we're on we, we'll be on mission but we'll not be on the mission that jesus has called us to Absolutely. He's the saviour over the storm. He is the saviour over the storm. Guys, we're going to draw things to a close, uh, respect people's time and just thank you so much for consistently coming on. I know for us as a church, um, it's going to look like it could, it could be kind of like a year since we've been physically gathering. Uh, and I know how tough that is, but I just want to thank you for, um, for each week, just letting this be a moment where we gather together and we just get into God's word. And uh, I noticed on the chat, some people are saying that some stuff we've put out says 7.30 a.m., uh, something say 7 a.m. What I, I'm going to be crazy for a moment, but Becky's just going to lead us in a closing song. The most popular vote, if you put, if you're going to be on with us in the morning, put on the chat whether you want 7 a.m. or 7:30, and that's when we will do it. Um, so we'll put it out to popular vote. Uh, and if no one says anything, then um, I'll have a little think during. Uh, oh, people are already. Oh my words, we've got 10:30 a.m. Phil, that is not an option. Um, <laughs> but if you put in what you want, 7 a.m. or 7:30, and we'll go with the most popular. Uh, and we can gather together tomorrow morning. But um, uh, Becky, will you just lead us in a song? That'd be great. I think we've got a frozen Becky. I think she is currently muted and frozen. So we may not be able to go to a song. Um, but let me just see. Uh, we've got a split. Um, uh, it's let me just count it up anybody else that wants to be on um oh we're getting a 7 a.m is, is coming through as the most popular uh 7 a.m guys you are a spiritual church that extra half an hour uh just shows me and no, i'm only joking but we will we'll go for 7 a.m and um and then uh ian do you want to just close in prayer for us uh and then uh and then we'll we'll be on our way yeah sure father we thank you for your uh, your grace and your compassion and your mercy uh, you thank you, Lord, that you are the one who calls us to walk with you, to know you, to abide in you and to bear fruit for you. Would you help us in the midst of the storm uh, to know um, to know your presence, to know your purpose, to know your power at work in and through us and the, the, the hope of, the, of that which comes out of the storm. So Lord, we uh, commit the rest of this day and week to you. Uh, may we know your presence in a in a significant way over the next three weeks as we uh, join in worship and prayer together in god's uh, mighty and powerful and precious name amen